Blog Talk Radio. Does anybody want the Lord to make him over? Just begin to celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. You know my other side. I can no longer hide. Let you down so called 
a word from God dot webs dot com. And I'm asking that you'll just browse our site and also follow uh, our other links to our other affiliate sites and blogs. Also, we now have a page on Facebook called The Word from God, and we ask that you please click the like button to show us that you do like our page on Facebook. Well, tonight here in Dallas, uh, this is Super Bowl 45. This is February 6, uh, 2011. And I'm not much of a football follower, but I know that a lot of you are. And so um, I know that some may call me tonight and some may not because I know many are looking at the game. But I do say good luck to the Pittsburgh Steelers and to the Green Bay Packers. May the best team win on this evening. Well, on tomorrow night, February 7th, there will be a new broadcast airing called Business is Health. This is their premier broadcast. And this broadcast talks about health, and it will also talk about uh, starting businesses, how to start a business with little or no money. It will also be talking about health. So I'm going to ask you to join them on blogtalkradio.com slash business is health. That will be on tomorrow evening at 8 o'clock. Please join them and uh, hear what they have to say. Now, I will be opening the phone lines a little bit later, but first I would like to get all of our announcements out of the way. Our first announcement is we're asking you please visit Lady Be Lovely Fashions. Uh, Lady Be, at Lady Be Lovely, uh, they carry women's church suits, business suits, ushers, and choir uniforms, jewelry, hats, cologne, and various other merchandise, and all of this at very affordable prices. Now, Lady Be Lovely Fashions also has a wonderful website, so we're going to ask you to go to ladybelovelyfashions.webs.com. Again, that's Lady Be Lovely Fashions, with an S on the end of fashions, .webs.com. Com. Also, on my blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God page, I ask that you will check out, once again, all of my affiliate links. There is one called Blood Pressure Awareness, where you can learn about high blood pressure, eating right, changing your lifestyle, and exercising. There are many of us uh, who do have a uh, problem with high blood pressure, and on this site, on this blog, it can give you secrets and tips about how to change your lifestyle and how you can add years to your life, and there's no drugs or, or, or anything, or medication or anything like that involved. It all has to do with just changing your lifestyle, eating right, exercising, and just taking good care of your body. So please visit all of our links on our uh, blog talk page. Also, I was, I'm proud to announce that on next week at 7.30 Central Standard Time, here on A Word from God, uh, we're doing this whole month, uh, since this is Valentine's month, we're going to be talking about uh, love, and we're going to be talking about marriage and relationships. 
And so on next Sunday night, my special guests, Pastors Charles and Margaret Morris, will be uh, here on the broadcast with me. They are an anointed pastoral team who have an awesome and amazing marriage ministry called Here With You. Now, they also have a, a weekly television program as well, and they will be sharing a little bit more about that when they come on the air uh, next week. The Morrises have been married for about 45 years, and they have an anointing for applying a word from God to your marriage. So the lines will be open on that evening so that you can call in, you can ask questions about marriage, about relationships, and I'm very, very sure that they'll be able to answer all of your questions. So please, won't you tune in next week uh, to hear from the anointed pastors, Charles and Margaret Morris. So please stay tuned. That's next Sunday night. Uh, I believe that's February 13th at 7.30 here on A Word from God. Well, the lines are now open. Please feel free to call us at one 818 Again, that number is one 818 And we ask that on tonight that you would only call about what our message or our topic is. And as I said, we are talking tonight about love. And so we're asking you to just call in on that topic. And whatever uh, questions that we might can answer for you, we will try to do our best to answer those. Now we are going to have a musical selection called Oh My Soul Loves Jesus. I pray that you enjoy this song.
Hallelujah. Oh, my soul loves Jesus. How many of you can say that on tonight, that your soul loves Jesus, that you're so in love with the Lord, that you're willing to do whatever it is that God asks of you? Oh, my soul loves Jesus. That cry should ring down deep within our spirits, deep in our hearts, and the world should know that our souls, our minds, our hearts, everything about us loves Jesus. God is good. He has been so good to us. How can you not love a God this awesome? How can you not love a God that wonderful? God is a powerful entity in our lives. And we should say, oh, my soul, hallelujah, hallelujah, mm. oh, my soul, hallelujah, hallelujah, my soul loves Jesus. Hallelujah. And you should have that same cry on tonight. Hallelujah. Well, it looks like we have a caller. Good evening. You're on the air. Good evening. You're on the air. Hello? I'm going to try this one more time. Good evening. You're on the air. If you can hold on just a second, please. I'm sorry. Hello? Okay, we seem to have lost the caller. I hope that you will call back because I would love to hear from you again. Hallelujah. But uh, we're going to go into our topic on this evening. Our topic today is called, I Want to Know What Love Is. Uh, I believe that caller is back on the air. Hold on, please. Hello, you're on the air. Can you push the uh, number one for me? Oh, I, I seem to have lost the caller again. I'm sorry. Please do try to call back, though. But our subject tonight is I want to know what love is. And you have to ask that question that says, um, I want to know what love is. There are many people today that are asking, what is this thing called love? There have been so many songs in our lifetime written about love. There are songs like, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And then there's another song that says, why do fools fall in love? And then there's a song that says, I can't. Stop loving you. And then there was another song that came out. It says, Baby Love. And then there was another song that came out that said, Endless Love. And then there's the old church song that we, so many of us, sing in our churches today. And it says, Oh, how I love Jesus. Hallelujah. And we that are saved, 
we should be able to just uh, sing that song from the bottom of our hearts, and it should roar out of our spirits. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Well, there was a song that came out a few years ago, and the song says, I want to know what love is. Do you think you can show me? I want to feel what love is. Do you think you can show me? Well, there are people looking for love, but many are looking in the wrong places, which, of course, is another song, looking for love in all the wrong places. People are lonely, and they're hurting, and they're looking for something. Some are looking for it in alcohol. Others are looking for it in sex. Others in unhealthy relationships. Some are looking for it in drugs. And, yes, even in food. We call that comfort food. It calms us and it brings us comfort. But most of all, what it does is brings us weight gain, but that's another message in itself. Because of previous dealings with other people, many of us have built up a wall against love. We're afraid to share our hearts and our love with anyone because we're afraid of being hurt all over again. Love is out there. You just have to open up to it. You need to get rid of your old baggage before you can go on a new trip in life with new luxurious luggage. You see, many of us are looking for someone to do something for us because we're in that me generation. You know, it's all about me. It's what I want. It's what I need. It's all about me, 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 me. But what are you doing to show love to others? Are you so picky that you're still alone? I mean, are you are you nitpicking at this person, nitpicking at that person? Are you trying to find a reason why you, you know, you, you say you want someone, but are you trying to find reasons, you know, nitpicking at somebody because you're really afraid and you really don't want to give your heart? So why are you so picky? Is that possibly the reason why you might still be alone? Some of you need to revise your prayers and ask God to send you the one he has for you and not who you want. Who you want may not even be God's best for you. What you want to do is you want to ask God, God, send me your best. Now, your best sometimes may not come wrapped up in the very package that you've been asking God for. Sometimes your best it's going to come in somebody and you're going to be like, no, that's not what I really, really want. But that's who God has sent. And you need to always pray. When someone enters your life, pray, God, is this the one? Don't waste your time. Just pray, God, is this the one? If it's the one and God says yes, don't look at the outside appearance or all of that, but look at the heart. Look at what God has sent you because God can bring everything. He can bring it all together. 
and he can mess it all out and make everything be everything that you want it to be. So in a relationship, what are you bringing to the table into a new relationship? In praying for a mate, don't just ask God to send you what you want, but ask God to make you what your future spouse will need in this relationship. Because, see, this is going to be a two-way relationship. It's not going to just be about you, but it's going to be about him or it's going to be about her. And you're going to have to uh, 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 take – you're going to have to – spend time doing some of the things that they want to do as well as they're going to have to spend time doing some of the things that you want to do. You've got to decide, Lord, you know, I want uh, I, I want a relationship with, with someone, but make me the person that I need to be for them as well as them being the person that I need them to be for me. Until you are both willing to do some self-examination about yourselves, you may be holding up your own blessing. So seek God on how you should pray for a mate. Have an open heart for God to place the blessing in your life. No matter what, our hearts are always to be open to love not just in relationships, but dealing with all people. So you you say, okay, Sister Becky, uh, you can't expect me to love all people. And, and, and I understand what you're saying, and I know it's not easy to do that because some people just get on your very last nerve. Some people you sometimes want to knock them out. Some people you just don't want to have anything to do with it. But this is not Sister Becky saying this. This is a commandment from God. Uh, John 15 and verse 12 through 13 says, verse 12 says, This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Verse 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. It also says in 1 John 3, uh, verses 16 through 18, and all of these are in the King James Version, it says, verse 16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? Now, many of us, we say we love the Lord and we say we're Christians, and we even say that we love people, but what do your actions show? Do you do, do you visit the sick and the needy in the hospital? Do you... Uh, clothed people that you know. Many of you have some beautiful clothes. Maybe you just can't wear them no more. Maybe, you know, you've lost a little weight or you've gained a little weight and you can't wear it. Then go put it in the cleaners. Get it clean and bless somebody with something. Don't 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 bless them with something you don't want because if you don't want it, they probably don't want it either. But bless them with something nice. 
uh, take someone out to dinner, uh, take someone um, to 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 the mall and, and go shopping, go have lunch, do something. When you see that other people have needs, there are some women out there who just don't have anything or anybody in their life, and they're looking for a friend. They might be new at your church, and they don't know anyone in your church. Go up to a stranger in your church, someone that you don't normally always talk to, and go up and shake his or her hand and say, you know, my name is so-and-so. Uh, this is my phone number. Are you new in town? Do you know anybody here at the church? Listen, this is my phone number. Give me a call. Uh, maybe one day we can go out and have some lunch so that we can get to know each other. Show some love to people that you normally don't show love to. It says, how can we shut up our bowels of compassion from people that really need that compassion. You know, many times when we have natural disasters here in this country, uh, that's when America all of a sudden kicks up and everybody is just in a helping mood. But what about when there's no disaster? What about when there's not any serious problems going on, but just a one-on-one encounter? Do you know that it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? All you have to do is pay it forward. If someone does something good for you, then you go out and you do something good for someone else. And then that person will go and do something good for another person and so on and so on and so on till eventually it could very possibly change the attitude of this world. But many times we as Christians we get to a point, we get so busy or we're, we're, we're busy with our families or we're doing this or we're doing that, and we just don't seem to have time for other people. But there are people out there in need. There are women out there that need to talk. There are men out there that need to talk. There's just somebody out there that needs the help, the kind of love, the kind of, of, of uh, what, uh, comfort that you can provide. Open up your heart and let people in. You can always, as, as, as a Christian, we're always praying and we're always asking God uh, to, to give us a heart for people. Well, if God is going to give you a heart for people, he's going to put the right person in your life, the person that you need to help. And then you start praying and asking God, Lord, how can I help this person? Because you don't want to be a crutch either for anybody. You want to be a blessing, but you don't want to be a crutch. And the whole time that you're being a blessing to them, you're constantly telling them about the goodness of the Lord, what God can do for them, how God can bless them, how God can use them. You're constantly sharing the word of God with them so that you don't become a crutch, that they don't begin to put their whole uh, uh, thought and mind on you like you're their Savior, because you're not. God is their Savior. And then verse 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Many can say something but it's the doing something that brings a reward 
not only to their lives, who you're helping, but to your life as well. Now, this doesn't mean when it says you've got to lay down your life for a brother, uh, it doesn't mean that you've got to go out there and just totally give up your life for someone. Uh, you know, uh, you uh, walk in front of a car or something like that or in a bus. Sometimes those things happen just on quick uh, reflexes. Some people have totally given up their life trying to help a stranger, trying to do something for someone in their family. Our Lord did that very thing. Jesus did that very thing. He came from heaven, from one of the most wonderful places ever. I mean, we can't even imagine. Our minds cannot even fathom what heaven is truly like. We can read about it, but until we go there and see it for ourselves. But Jesus left heaven, his home. He left all of his glory, everything. He left it. And he came here on this earth, and he lived his life according to how he was supposed to live it. He followed the word, the Old Testament, in the way that it should have been followed, and he let us know that we could live a sin-free life. Then he uh, allowed himself to be put on a cross. He was nailed to that cross. He was beaten. He was spit at. All kinds of things happened to him. But he gave up his life for you and for me so that we might have a right to enter into the kingdom of God, not just the kingdom of God in heaven, but the kingdom of God here on earth. Uh, so it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to step in front of a car or a bus or a train or something like that uh, in order to show your love for someone. But it does mean that you need to take time from yourself and think about the needs of someone else other than your own needs. Make some sacrifices to to help other people. Show some love to someone else, and that love will be repaid back to you. I remember when I was a young girl uh, growing up in the early 60s, and I heard a, uh, read a story in a magazine about two soldiers, and I believe it was uh, actually the beginning of the uh, Vietnam War. And in this war, there was two soldiers, one was a white soldier and the other was a black soldier. And the white soldier was raised to believe and to think that blacks were beneath, beneath him and that they did not matter. His parents spewed hate at him all the time about blacks. Well, one day on the battlefield, they they were trapped. They 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 were uh, uh, caught up in heavy artillery fire, and the enemy was all around them. And the white soldier was trapped, and he did not notice that the enemy was totally right behind him, ready to kill him. And at that moment, he he was lost from his 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 um his troops. You know, they were up ahead in some kind of a way. He got caught, and he couldn't get out. 
and he heard a twig snap. And when he heard the twig snap, he looked around, and he realized at that moment that this could be his last day on earth. And he prayed. And just as the enemy was about to fire on him, someone stepped out from the bushes. As the bullet was coming towards him, that someone from the bushes stepped in front of him. And he took the bullet for this soldier. And as he took the bullet, he also fired at the enemy. And he killed the enemy, but the the gentleman himself was also killed. Now, the white soldier was stunned because as he looked at the body of his fellow soldier on the ground, it was one of the black soldiers, one that he had never spoke to, one that he never uh, had anything to do with, one that he pretty much hated because of the color of his skin. The one that he was taught to hate was the one that saved his life and gave his life for this man on that day. Now, on that day, that changed this soldier's life forever. He realized that it wasn't the color of the man's skin but it was the content of the man's heart. So my question to you today is, what's in your heart? What do you feel in your heart concerning other people? Are you a racist? Do you hate homosexuals? You know, you don't hate the homosexual. You hate the sin of the homosexual but you don't hate the homosexual. Are you always mad? Are you always mad about something? Are you always walking around angry and upset? Or do you hate all women? Or do you hate all men? Or you Do you group a certain people together and you look at them and you say, well, they're all this, so they're all the same way. They're all that, so they're all the same way. Do you group people together? Do you not talk to somebody because of the color of their skin? Do you do you just hate them but but you don't even know them? Do you do you run across some people and they smile at you but you turn your head? What's in your heart? What is really in your heart? You have to do a self-examination. You have to do a heart check. And ask God, God, what is in my heart? What is it in my heart that I need to get rid of? It says in 1 John 4, verse 19 through 21, we love him because he first loved us. If a man says, I love God and hateth his brother, the scripture says, He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. 
Now, it's easy for many of us to say, oh, I love God, but then you walk right by people in your church, people who you see all the time. You walk right past your neighbor who you see every day because you're holding something against them or you're harboring something against them. So God says that how can you say you love me but you hate your brother who you see every day. And this commandment have we from him that who that he who loveth God loveth love his brother also. If you say you love God, you've got to love your brother. You got to love your neighbor. You got to love your church member. You have to love your coworkers. You've got to have a heart full of love. Now, it's not easy to love some people. Some people are so very unlovable, and it's hard to love them. But you have to make a a, a commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to love this person no matter what. I'm going to win this person over. I remember one time I I was working at uh, when I lived in California, and there was a girl at the store that, uh, although I was older than her, she was younger than me, but she was my superior. So as far as being the manager, I'll, I'll put it that way, not my superior, but my manager. And um, whenever she would talk to me, she always wanted to talk down to me, which upsets me. I don't like for people to talk down to me. That's an area that I have to come up in Christ in. But she would try to talk down to me because she felt like she had to do that uh, because she felt like I didn't respect her. And in a way, she was right. I didn't respect her because of how she did things, but I respected her position because she had a position of management. And so I just didn't like the way it was. I was always feeling when her and I were around each other. So I decided, I prayed about it, and I decided, I said, God, I'm going to win this young woman over, and I'm going to win her to you because, Lord, I'm the Christian here. I'm the one that you gave the commandment to. You told me to love people, and so that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I began to talk to her, and I began to love her, and I just began to tell her. I talked to her about me, and and uh, first of all, to get that straight between me and her. I got the situation between me and her straight. And then I just began to talk to her as just a regular person, and then eventually she began to talk to me. Eventually she even began to confide in me, ask me questions about uh, life and about marriage and relationship, and she began to talk to me uh, uh, about Christ, about the Bible. There were things that she wanted to know and, and if I could help her find a church. See, you can change certain situations by changing your mindset. You don't have to not talk to people. You don't always have to walk around with an ugly attitude and always act like, you know, I'm bad, I'm bad, don't talk to me. If you come over here, I'm going to knock you out, you know, that kind of thing. Just having a, a, a low-class mentality about people. God says that we are to love our 
brothers. That means our sisters as well. And it says that how can we say we love him and who we've never seen and we hate our brother whom we've seen all of the time? It is so easy to say I love God. Uh, many times, uh, it, I'm sorry, it's easy for us to love God. Many times it doesn't even come from our heart. We just say it because we've been conditioned to say it. Uh, it just rolls off of our lips because it's something cool to say or it's something religious or it's a church thing. It's just I've been in church all my life. So I've always heard my mama say I love God, and I heard um, um, uh, my great-grandmother say I love God. I just always hear people say I love God, so I love God too. But do you really love God? Do you have a relationship with him where you you and God are just um, intimate pals, intimate uh, in, in, in your time together? Do you have a love relationship with the Father? See, that only happens, a true love relationship with God, it only happens through true worship with him. The uh, Bible tells us to worship him in spirit and in truth. When, you know, everybody, sinners as well, everybody can praise God. You can praise God for his goodness and his mercy and for all the wonderful things that he does. But worship comes from within. It comes from a true uh, relationship with God, time well spent with God. Uh, When you have relationship with God, you have true intimacy with him. Uh, This is a time where you and God spend alone time together, locking out everything and everybody. Many of us don't know how to be alone and intimate with our own spouse because we have intimate intimacy issues. Uh, and we don't just have those intimacy issues with just our spouse, but we have those intimate issues with God also. We haven't learned how to trust God, so we can't seem to trust anybody else either. God is the greatest friend, the best lover, the best advice giver, the best comforter, the best edifier uh, that you will ever know. God knows your very essence, your very thoughts. He knows everything about you. If you can't let God into the deepest areas of your life, then how can you let anybody else in? This many times causes a strain in marital relationships with married couples. Many times because we don't trust, because we're holding back secrets, uh, we're uh, we're not talkative, we don't communicate. We don't talk about uh, intimate issues with our spouse. Your spouse should be your very best friend, not your girlfriend, not your, not your, not your guy friend, 
not your 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 girl down the way. It's okay to have them. It's okay to have your best girlfriend because she was probably your girlfriend way before you even met your husband. So there is that camaraderie there that this is my buddy, you know, and she's going to probably be in your life forever. But still, all in all, your best friend should be your husband or it should be your wife. That is your best friend. And on top of all of that, God should be your very, very best friend. You can go to God at any time for anything. There's never call waiting. There's never he's not at home. There's never, oh, look, i got to go, but I'll be back. I'll call me back in about two hours. You can go to God at any time, and he's always there waiting to hear from you. So you need to begin to deal with your intimacy issues with God and with your spouse. God says in his word that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's in John 14 and verse 15. Now, if you love God, it's not hard to submit to his commands. But when we do not walk in his ways, when we do not walk in his truth, in his uh, attributes, we allow ourselves to be pulled into another direction one which could have us looking for love in all the wrong places. Now, there are four Greek words that we want to look at. But first, let's look at 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8, in the King James Version, and it says, Beloved, let us love one another. That's how the world should know that you and I are saved because we have love one for another. And then the scripture goes on to say, for love is of God. The very essence, the very nature of God is love. And then the scripture says, and everyone that loveth is born of God, has that God kind of love, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God's very presence, everything, his nature, everything is love. Now, God does love us, but God will also chastise us just like any parent that loves their child. A parent will love you. I remember my mom, I know she just loved me with every things she had, but when I needed correction, she had no problems in correcting me, and God is the same way. The scripture does say that God does chastise his children, but it also doesn't mean that because he chastises us that he doesn't love us. If you truly love people, the love of God is in you. If you do not love others, the word says that you don't know God because God himself is love. If you love God, 
then and he is in you, or you say he's in you, then you have to love others as well. Now the phone lines are open. Uh, the phone number here is one eight one eight four seven five nine two two nine. Again, that number is one eight one eight four seven five nine two two nine. Now, as I stated earlier, there are four Greek words, and they all mean love, but different kinds of love. Sometimes the word love can be misunderstood. You can say, I love my spouse so much. Or you can say, I love my brother. Or you can say, I really love my friend. Or you can say, I love Jesus. I love the Lord so much. Now, all of the ways I said love have a different meaning to the word or feeling of love. The first word I used, the first one that I used, I said, I love my spouse. Now, the word for loving your spouse there, the word for love is called eros, E-R-O-S. That's the Greek meaning for the word Love when you love your spouse. Now, that kind of love is a romantic and sexual love, a fulfillment of physical sexual desires within your marriage. After marriage, a couple becomes one flesh. Um, Out of that one flesh is born... um, an intense desire for one another after marriage. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 23, it says, And Adam says, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And Eros love is one of physical attraction between a man and a woman. And I want to interject this here. Um, This is a sexual time that we live in, especially from the 60s on up. It was talking about free love. But I want to warn you, be careful of who you become one with. Every time you have a sexual experience with someone you become a piece of them and or who they have been with. When um, this thing came out about AIDS, um, it was uh, they were asking when people started uh, contacting AIDS, contracting AIDS, I'm sorry, uh, they started saying, you know, how many sexual partners have you had? Because... Uh, out of those several different sexual partners, you could have given each one of them the AIDS virus because someone gave you the AIDS virus. So when you join yourself up with someone and it's not God-ordained, you have a piece of what that person has from their life, and also you have a piece of what um, 
the people that they've been with previously before you. You have a piece of them also. And we wonder why are we so messed up? Because we have joined ourselves up sexually to the wrong individual. So this is why the scripture teaches against fornication, uh, having sex before marriage. This is why it teaches against adultery, having sex with someone else while you're married, because you join that person up with your spouse. And that person can interfere within your uh, spiritual life and your physical life with you and your spouse. They call these things uh, soul ties. So you have to be very, very careful. If you are yet a virgin, stay a virgin until God has placed that right man or woman in your life, that one who God has said, this is the person that I want you to build a life with, and you marry and your your first time together will be a great time because there is nobody in between the two of you. Now, I know that sounds old-fashioned. You're saying, Sister Becky, that's old-school teaching. Yes, it's old-school teaching, but it's the right teaching because it comes from the Word of God. Our English word erotic comes from the Greek, Greek word eros. At one time, the word eros slash erotic became a word strongly used with prostitution, sexual immorality, and pornography. But the true meaning of this word, eros, is something that someone feels for their spouse. It's a love between a husband and a wife. The second one I said was, I love my brother. And the Greek word that there is storge, S-T-O-R-G-E, storge. Now, this is a natural family love or natural family affection. This is a blood bond, a love of parent for children, sibling for sibling. This kind of love binds families together. This kind of love is capable of loving even the black sheep of the family. Storge is a survival type of love. You can survive anything as long as the family bond remains tight. Even in some situations, uh, divorce or what, what have you, separations or, or, or whatever it might be, the family ties can still be a, a bond together if the family is willing to do so. It can still be, uh, it can still remain tight, the family unit. can still remain tight. It takes some work. It, it, there are some challenges to it, but it can be done. Number three, I said, I love my friend. And the Greek word for love there is phileo. It's P-H. I-L-E-O, and that is a friendship-type love, a good friendship between various people. 
It can go from the deepest and closest relationships to just a he or she is an acquaintance of mine, friendship. Phileo can be a relationship of one person to another with a friendly affection and endearment. Phileo can can grow between good friends and last a lifetime. And the last word and the most important of the four Greek words is this. You would say, I love Jesus, or I love all of God's creation. That love is called agape love, the God kind of love, the doing what's best for someone else love. Some of us call it the unconditional love, the generous the generous and unselfish love. This is the love that God is and the love that God gives. The agape love is an un, under I'm sorry, is an under undeserved love. I'm sorry, I couldn't get the word out. The agape love is an undeserved love. It is given to those who do not deserve it, uh, either by their words, their actions, their attitudes, and or their thoughts. Romans 5 and 8 says, But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Agape love was working all the time while Jesus was dying on the cross for your and my sins. Agape love is the kind of love that our Father God demonstrates. He sent his only begotten son to come to this earth and die for the sins of the world. That's agape love. Now, I don't know. I have two daughters. I don't know if I could have sent my children here to die for this world. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's John uh, 3, 6, uh, 3, 15. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just getting my scriptures mixed up tonight, but John 3.16. And, and um, I don't know if I could have done that. I don't know if I could have sent one of my sons, if I had had a son, to come to this world and die for this world. But God, he agape us so that he allowed his son Jesus to give up his life that we might have a right to the kingdom of God, to live in the presence of God. To agape God means there are no questions asked. When he asks anything of us, we just do it because we agape him. If I love God so much and God asks anything of me, I shouldn't question him. I shouldn't say, Lord, why? Uh, Lord, uh, can't you find somebody else to do it? Why me, Lord? You know, why am I making up excuses when this God that I love so much and who has done so much for me, and he's asking me to do something for him. He doesn't question us when we ask him, Lord, will you do this for me? Lord, will you bless me this way? Lord, will you bless me that way? He just blesses. But when he asks anything of us, 
we always have an excuse or we want to know the reason why. God, why? Help me, Lord. You know, Lord, why do you want me to do this? Why? You know, Lord, I don't understand. Lord, show me in a dream. Show me in a vision, and then I'll do it. You know, if we agape love, if we have the God kind of love, you know, no matter what God asks of us, it should always be, okay, Lord, I'll do it because I love you. We are to agape strangers. We are to show the God kind of love to strangers. We're to agape our families, our spouses, and our children. Not to just agape those we know, but to agape those we don't know. By saying an encouraging word, sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it only takes an encouraging word. Doing something special for, helping them in whatever way they may need help. We must learn to walk in the agape kind of love. If you do the eros, the storge, and the phileo, all of these three together will work out, mix with the agape love, and give us a much better and a much healthier life. Hallelujah. God is truly a God of love. I'm going to stop there. As I said earlier, the phone lines are open, uh, 1-818-475-9229. Um, God has just been so good to us, and um, we just want to let him know how much we love him and how much we appreciate him. You know, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for his love, in our lives, where would we be? Where would you honestly be tonight if it wasn't for the love of God? You know, I remember on so many occasions when my life could have been taken. I have so many uh, uh, occasions in my life where God saw me through something. I, I remember when I was first uh, married back in 1969, and um, I lived in an apartment building, and my husband at the time was gone. He was at work, and I was upstairs asleep. I was about eight months pregnant with my first daughter, Tammy, and I was laying there, and I remember all of a sudden coughing. I was just coughing. I couldn't stopped coughing, and all of a sudden, I, I opened my eyes, and the whole apartment was full of smoke, just full of smoke, and I was coughing, and I jumped up, and I mean, I couldn't see anything, and I opened my, my the door to my apartment. I lived on the second floor, and there was smoke all out in the hallway, and Everybody from the building had been evacuated but me. People that lived next door to me, their apartment had caught on fire. And everybody forgot that I was there. But God didn't. And he woke me up. God woke me up. And as he woke me up, I started screaming for help. You know, I was pregnant. 
I, I could I could hardly move. And I started screaming as loud as I could, help, help, I'm up here, I'm up here. Will somebody come get me, help me, help me? And somebody did. The firemen heard me. And they came and they um, uh, they came upstairs and they rescued me. And uh, thank God that my mother uh, lived in the, the building across from from me, so I was able to uh, go over to her house and stay until uh, my husband got home at that time. But God's love for me, it wasn't time for me. It wasn't uh, my moment yet to go. The enemy was trying to take me out. I wasn't even saved at the time that this happened. But God knew that I would be, and God knew that he had a calling on my life. And so he took the time to wake me himself, and he got me to an area where I could be safe. And and they were able to put the fire out, and, and we were all eventually able to go back to our apartments. But there were other times when God's love was there for me. When my mother passed away and my father passed away, and uh, these are my adopted parents, and um, I knew that my father was going to pass on because my father had cancer, and he had had cancer for several years, and so his death was expected. And my father and I were never really, really close, but um, when he passed away, it was a hard time for me. And uh, my mother at that time was placed into the hospital. She had a problem with diabetes, and um, she was stressed, and all kind of things were going on with her. My father had just passed away. And uh, so my mom and my dad were both in the hospital at the same time. My father up on the fourth floor, my mother down on the third floor. And so I had to take care of all of the funeral arrangements and all of that for my father. And um, when uh, we had gotten everything all settled for my dad and and um, I had to get back to where I was and I had people to look in on my mom and I, I told my mother that uh, if she needed me, I would be back up to Alaska to help her with any moving, anything that she needed. Uh, but I had to get back to California due to uh, um, my job situation. And about a week after I had been home, uh, I began to feel something in my spirit, and I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I thought, well, maybe I was just feeling the grief over my father's death. But uh, as as they grew grew on, I began to feel more and more this in my spirit. And I prayed, and it just seemed like nothing would take that out of my spirit. And when I went to work, I got a phone call, and and on the phone call was a dear friend of mine, and she was telling me that my mother had passed away. Now, my father had died two weeks earlier, and now my mother had passed away. And I went into a shock because I could not believe uh, that somebody was telling me my mother was gone. There was no way that I could lose my mother because my mother was my best friend in the whole wide world. She was everything to me. And to lose her, it, it just wasn't acceptable to me. 
And I, um, we flew back up, my husband and I at the time flew back up to Alaska and I uh, went to my mom and dad's home and I had to do certain things and I had to prepare again for a second funeral. And I did all of this in a haze uh, because it didn't feel like this was happening to me. It felt like it was happening to someone else. And I had not seen my mother's body at that time. And I went to church that Sunday. I didn't want to go to my home church that I grew up in because I just didn't want people feeling sorry for me. You know, you just lost your dad, now you're losing your mom, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I went to another church, and it was a church where people also knew me. I, when I grew up in Alaska, uh, the people in this church knew me as well. And um, as, you know, the sermon was preached, and, well, earlier that morning, I'm sorry, earlier that morning, you know, it, it finally all hit me, and it just came down on me. And I just began to cry, and I weeped uncontrollably because, you know, it, it just finally all sinked in, you know, it sunk in that my mother was gone, and we were having the wake that evening. And my husband and my friend, they tried to console me, but nothing was helping. And when I went to church, and, you know, I was a Christian, I was a strong Christian, so I was going to act like a strong Christian. And what I did was, when the bishop called people up for prayer, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, go get prayed for. And I told the Lord, no, Lord, that's okay. I'm all right. You know, my mother is with you. You know, all is well. I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be okay. And I'm sitting there telling the Lord, you know, what I'm feeling, you know, and the Lord is still telling me, go up and be prayed for. And the bishop looked out at the audience, and he looked at me, and he said, Baby, he said, come up here. And he said, let us pray for you. And I went up, and I was trying to be strong. I was trying not to cry. But when I went up, there were all of the church mothers had gathered around the uh, front of the altar. And many of them knew me. And when they gathered around the front of the altar and the bishop prayed for me, and each mother came and laid her hands on me, and then they all just hugged me. And I just felt the grief, and I felt the pain leave my heart and leave my body. And just it set me free. And I was able to cope, and I was able to deal, and I was able to... Uh, look at my mother for the first time, and that was God's love. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're facing right now. I don't care how hard it seems in life. God is there for every situation that you might be going through, every situation. I needed God that day more than I've ever needed him before. And God was there, and he was trying his best to connect with me, but I just wanted to prove what a big Christian I was, how tough I was. But God knew in my heart, my heart was breaking, that I was a mess on the inside. And his love for me, he knew 
that by having the mothers of that church gather around me, that it it just melted all of that that was on deep down on the inside of me, and it set me free. And each mother that hugged me that day, I got strength from her, and I knew that I was not alone because I had just lost my father. Now I've lost my mother, and uh, I did not. Um, I was not raised with brothers and sisters with them, although I do have brothers and sisters from my uh, uh, biological mother, but I was there alone by myself with my husband at the time. And uh, just, I just, I'm just trying to let you know that God will be there whenever you need Him. You want to know what love is? Love is Jesus Christ. That's what love is. You want to see what love is? You look at any painting, any picture that has Jesus on the cross dying for your sins. That's love in action. You want to feel love? You give your life to Christ. And in any type of situation that you can't handle, he's going to be there. He's going to help you through it. He's going to walk you through it. He's going to show you some things that you have never, ever seen before. Because when God when God showed up that day, the day of my mother's wake, and the kind of love that he gave me, no one could have given me that kind of love. People tried. My children tried, my friends tried, my husband tried, uh, pastors that I knew. Everybody tried, but nobody could take away what I was feeling but God. That's what love is. His name is Jesus. Every time I look at what Christ did for me on that cross, to have someone nail you to a cross, to have people beat you, to have people spit on you, to have people call you a blasphemer, a liar, to have people pluck your beard off of your face, to have them uh, uh, make you carry the cross after they've beaten you and ripped your back open. And you can look at these very people and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And while you're hanging on that cross, and people are still uh, hollering at you and yelling at you and saying all manner of evil against you, uh, uh, saying, well, if you're the Son of God, get us down from this cross and yourself. See, you're nobody. You're nobody. You can't do it. You know, Jesus had the opportunity to get off of that cross. He had angels at his beck and call. He had 12,000 legions of angels. If those angels had been released on this earth, boy, there wouldn't have been anything left. But Jesus held back because they were upset because we were, uh, mankind was killing the Lord, their Savior, their Creator. They couldn't stand it. They wanted to lash out, but Jesus held them back. The Father held them back. Jesus was even separated from his 
Father at that time because the sins of the world were on us, was, was on him. All of our sins, all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases, everything were put on him. And God cannot be in the presence of sin. And he had to separate himself from his son. That's why his son says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus was alone at that time. He could have come down, but he didn't because he looked down through time and he saw you, he saw me, he saw this world, and he said, I'm going to do it for them because I don't want them to die and go to hell when hell was not prepared for them. Jesus loves you more than you can ever know. He loves everything about you. He doesn't care if you're fat. He doesn't care if you're skinny. He doesn't care if you have psoriasis. He doesn't care if you got the little bumps and things in your face. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't care if you have eczema on your skin. He, he, he doesn't care if you have a big nose or flat nose or a skinny, skinny nose. Or He doesn't care if your hair is nappy or your your hair is straight. He doesn't care if you're black or if you're white or if you're Asian or if you're Mexican or Indian or, or whatever uh, your, your, your ethnicity is. He doesn't care. All he cares about is that he looks at your heart and he sees that you have need of a Savior. And he wants to be that Savior for you on tonight. Hallelujah. That's what love is. That's what love truly is. His name is Jesus Christ. That's what love is. And he is soon to come back and take his church out of here. And then will come uh, a devastation that this world has never, ever known or ever, ever seen but we won't have to be here because of God's love. He said, I will uh, keep you from the hour that's going to come on upon the world, that's going to cause devastation. We're, we don't have to be here for that. God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for all of your sins. And I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. And I don't know who out there is listening, if you're listening live, or if you're going to hear this uh, on demand sometime later on this week. But I want you to pray the sinner's prayer with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my life and save me. I renounce all of the evil workings that I've ever done in my life. Now, Father, I thank you that your darling son, Jesus Christ, is now in my life. Help me to live according to your word. Help me 
to get to know you for who you really are. I thank you. I praise you in your darling son, Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you really meant that prayer, I say welcome, my new sister. Welcome, my new brother. You are on your way to an awesome, wonderful life. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be uh, 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 where you're wearing rose-colored glasses because now the devil is mad at you because he lost you. So he's going to pull every trick in the book. He's going to tell you that you're not saved, but, yes, you are saved. God loves you on tonight. And um, like I said, if you did pray that prayer, um and if you're not listening live, but you're going to be listening on the on demand, I'm going to ask you to email me at um, Becky C seven 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 at aol dot com. Again, that's Becky C seven 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 at aol. Dot com. Uh, right now we are going to uh, play a song And um, we just pray that God will bless you through this song Amen, hallelujah Praise God, hallelujah
Hallelujah. Praise God. What a beautiful, beautiful song. Total praise. I love giving total praise to God because God has just been so good and so awesome to me. Hallelujah. So I hope tonight you have found out and now know what love is. His name is Jesus. He is an authority on love. No one can love you better. Give God a chance to love you like you have never been loved before, and then you can truly say, I know what love is. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we're almost uh, finished here. I'm going to just make some more announcements. Um, Once again, I just want to let you know that on next Sunday night, we will be having a special special guest, Pastors Charles and uh, Margaret Morris, and um, they have a marriage ministry called um, Here With You, and they also are pastors of a church here in, um, in I believe it's in the DFW uh, area here in Texas. I'm not quite sure of the address, but they will uh, speak on that on next week. Uh, they do have an awesome ministry for married couples. I hope that you will tune in. Um, we're going to have the phone lines open so that people can call in and ask questions. And uh, we're just going to have a blessed time in the Lord. Also, I want to make a, an announcement. I am a member of a church called Day Springs Family Church in Irving, Texas. And we are going to be having our awesome women's conference, uh, Mother's Day weekend, uh, which is May 4th through the 7th. And this is our Day Springs Women's Conference and Luncheon at the Gaylord Texan Resort. Um, Our registration fee is uh, $99.00. And that's up until April the 3rd. Any time after April the 3rd, April the 4th, uh, the registration fee will then be $129. Our conference host for this great event is my own pastor. Her name is Pastor Sonia Dickerson, who pastors alongside of her husband, Bishop Kevin Dickerson, uh, they pastor the Day Springs Family Church right there in Irving, Texas. So for more information on this great conference, I would ask you to please visit our church's um, website. That is dayspringfamilychurch.org. Again, that is dayspringfamilychurch.org. And um, I just pray that you will come out and be blessed because great and wonderful things happen Every year at our uh, at our women's conference and luncheon, we have some mighty women of God that will be speaking. So we would just love for you to just come out and just let the word of God be poured into your hearts. Uh, allow the spirit of the Lord to bring about change. Uh, just awesome things are going to take place. So we're asking you to save those dates. That is May uh, 4th through the 7th. 
and that is Mother's Day weekend. Hallelujah. Well, it is about time for us to go off of the air. Um, I do say thank you for tuning in to A Word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio host, Evangelist Rebecca Collier-Hagler, saying thank you for joining us on tonight, and may God richly bless all of your endeavors for him. See you next week, and good night. And I'm just going to take the rest of the program out in just some beautiful, beautiful music. Hallelujah. Amen. Glorify God. If He's done anything for you.
of you really need something from God tonight? Listening to me on this record, I don't know what it is you're going through, but God said you can get your breakthrough tonight. Look at somebody say, I'm going to get my breakthrough tonight. Right now. Turn around behind you and say, I'm going to get an instantaneous breakthrough. Now you've been praying and seeking God and fasting, and, but when you ask God, do you really have faith that he can do it? Do you serve a God that is able? Do you serve a God that is strong in my hand? Well, if you do, can I tell you how to get your breakthrough? Say, Kirk, how can I get my breakthrough right now? You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. This is how you can get it tonight.
about that name. Master, Savior, Like a fragrance after the rain, Jesus, 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 let heaven and earth proclaim. They will all pass away, but there's something but there's something about that name Jesus 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 there is something about that name Master Savior Jesus like a fragrance after the rain, oh, Jesus, 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 let heaven and earth proclaim I wish I had somebody would sing this with me. King and kingdom will all pass away. Sing it, y'all. There is something 
It just does something on the inside of me, mother. There is something crack couldn't do it, and uh, marijuana couldn't do it, and uh, Hennessy couldn't do it, but uh, there is something about that name. Oh, the name. Everybody together, ready? Thank 
know y'all move out there. Let's turn this into a party. I know y'all know how to move out there. 